Welcome to I Am the Original Blueprint Podcast, where we discuss faith, life, and issues common to man. This podcast is designed to help you grow faith and lead you into a personal revelation of God's purpose for your life. You will be equipped with wisdom to overcome any challenge keeping you from your destiny. It's time to discover your I Am. What's up, everybody? Your boy Steve here, coming at you with today's topic, purpose and answering the call. Let's kick it off with today's summary. When God calls a person for a specific assignment, he does not assess the things that are common to man. God is not looking at your credentials, your past, your intelligence, your money, your appearance, or even your social status. These things proceed from the world which directly opposes God. Purpose is an essential part of the human experience, and without it, Life is inevitably abused. In today's podcast, we will look at a few examples of God preparing people for his call on their lives. Let's begin in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So, although he was the son of God, the Bible says Jesus had to grow in wisdom. So, if Jesus had to grow in wisdom, then likewise, we too have to grow in wisdom. This is why God takes you right from where you are, because you can't grow in wisdom if God is not a part of your life. He's not requiring you to be right. He wants to make you right so he can reveal his plan for your life. Let's check out another example of the growth process of Jesus. Hebrews chapter five, verse eight through nine. And even though Jesus was God's son, he had to learn from experience what it was like to obey when obeying meant suffering. It was after he had proved himself perfect in this experience that Jesus became the giver of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Here again, we see Jesus had to learn from experience what it was like to obey, which means we too have to learn from experience as we walk with God. Like a parent raising a child, he continues to walk with us along our journey despite our mistakes and poor choices. Why? Because he sees the end from the beginning. There's an expected end to your life. The journey is just part of it. Let's check out the example of Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Now behold, the cry of the Israelites has come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The Israelites here were praying to God for help over the oppression they felt on their lives. God was planning to use Moses to deliver the Israelites. Moses would be used to be the answer to their prayers. We need to be mindful that we too could be the answer to someone else's prayers. This is why it is critical for us to respond when God called. Let's continue to see how Moses responds. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 through 12. And Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will surely be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Who am I that I have been chosen to do this? Obviously, Moses felt this was a huge task, and it left him with many questions of doubt in his mind, such as, I ain't qualified for this. I ain't even spiritual enough for this. I don't have the wisdom. 
the money or even the eminence within society to do this. But check out God's response. I will surely be with you. That's it. That's the key. The key element to your success is not your hustle, your grind, how much money you got, or even education. It is knowing and clearly understanding that God is with me. Notice how God told Moses, and this will be the sign to you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. The sign or evidence to you being sent is the common to pass of what was shown or revealed to you in the vision. God is very clear on making himself known so that you will know that it wasn't you doing it, but rather you obeying what he said that caused it to come to pass. Let's continue reading Exodus chapter three, verse 13 through 14. And Moses said to God, behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am, and I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Look, Moses was filled with all kinds of anxiety. But aren't we all at some point in life, especially when we are called to do something that we don't feel qualified or equipped to do? Naturally, Moses began to run stage play of how's this thing going to play out in his mind? Once I get in front of these folks, who am I supposed to tell them that sent me? Now, I want y'all to grasp this truth because this is vital for every human to understand. Knowing your identity is paramount. It is critical that you have an understanding of who you are and why you are doing what you are doing. Now, let's get back to Moses. Moses asked, what happens when these people ask me, what is this God's name? I mean, rightfully so, he was going to a people that did not believe in God. Pharaoh could care less that Moses was delivering a message from God. As a matter of fact, later in the story, Pharaoh says, who is God that I should obey him? But check out God's response. Tell them I am has sent me to you. This is so defining because it is revelatory that God can be whomever and whatever he needs to be in our lives to rescue us, provide protection, answer prayer, give guidance and direction and so much more. See, I am is truly a declaration. It substantiates your identity. It provides you with the confidence and boldness needed to move forward in something you would have otherwise retreated from. Whenever God is with you, it changes things. Let's check out Genesis 39 verse 2. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, when you think slave, you ain't thinking successful and prosperous. But if you read and study Joseph's journey, you will see that his life was transformational because God was with him. Though he started out a slave, he ended in power of second in charge of ruling the land. He became vice president. How does a man move from being a slave to vice president of a country? God being with him. Let's check out another transformation. Acts chapter nine, verse one through six. Meanwhile, Saul, still drawing his breath hard from threatening and murderous desire against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and requested of him letters to the synagogues at Damascus, authorizing him so that if he found any men or women belonging to the way of life as determined by faith in Jesus Christ, he might bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. Now, as he traveled on, he came near to Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground. Then he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, harassing, troubling and molesting me? And Saul said, who are you, 
Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is dangerous and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goat, to offer vain and perilous resistance. Trembling and astonished, he asked, Lord, what do you desire me to do? The Lord said to him, but arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Saul, later renamed Paul, was not just an opposer of the Christian faith. He was a Christian killer. But check out his encounter with Jesus. A light from heaven blinded him to get his attention. Sometimes things happen in our lives simply to get our attention, not to destroy us. Proverbs 20 verse 30 says, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. This is what happened with Paul. But check out Jesus' plan to restore him. Acts chapter 9 verse 10 through 18. Now there was in Damascus a believer named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street and find the house of a man named Judas and ask there for Paul of Tarsus. He is praying to me right now, for I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he can see again. Here we see God speaking to Ananias on instructions to go and serve as a part of Paul's healing. Notice scripture said Paul was praying to God at the same moment God was giving instructions to Ananias to be an answered prayer to Paul. Man, I can't make this stuff up. God is working to answer Paul's prayer while he was praying. Let's pick up in verse 13. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard about the terrible things that this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And we hear that he has arrest warrants with him from the chief priest, authorizing him to arrest every believer in Damascus. <laughs> man, listen here. Ananias was struggling with this and rightfully so. He was going on the past experiences and knowledge he had of Paul, not knowing that Paul had had an encounter with Jesus. People change and things change, and we must leave room for the God factor in people's lives. Don't be quick to dismiss or judge someone by a moment or an event. Continue to watch the journey. You just may see something that you didn't know was there. Life can be hard. Leave room for God's grace. Let's pick up in verse 15. But the Lord said, go and do what I say, for Paul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the nations and before kings, as well as to all the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for me. So Ananias went over and found Paul and laid his hands on him and said, brother Paul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit and get your sight back. Now, just think. What would have happened if Ananias had refused to obey God? Would Paul's answers to his prayer been delayed? God operates through people to answer prayers for others. Who are we to decide who is worthy or prepared for God's calling? Scripture says that Paul is my chosen instrument, a Christian killer, to take my message to the nations and before kings, as well as the people of Israel. God uses who he wants to use and has his reasons why. Acceptance to this is where submission of lordship is embraced. In conclusion, I'd like to share this. When God comes into your life, accept and embrace the call. Change is a process and correction takes time. You will never be perfect to undertake the call of God for your life because he perfects you along your journey. Life is a journey of learning. And with this, know that you will make mistakes. You won't always make the right decision. But remember, it is all part of your journey. In the end, 
what really matters is that I am, which is God being with you, has been clearly defined in your life. Join me next week as we continue to explore this concept of I am the original blueprint. If you'd like to sow and support the furthering of these messages, please email me at I am Steve Hudson at gmail.com. In him, kingdom business. <laughs>